0: Welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yontz. Um, today, I have a special guest. I have Books My Refuge. He is an Instagram blogger, and I find it to be a fascinating interview. Um, I'm sorry about the audio problems. We couldn't find a quiet spot, but I wanted to bring you this content, so Enjoy.
1: Okay, I have a special guest with me today. I have Chirak Malk of Books My Refuge, at Books My Refuge on Instagram. How are you doing, sir?
2: I'm fine, Justin. How are you?
1: I'm doing. I'm doing great. So my first question would be, what led to creating Books My Refuge?
2: Oh, actually, I was start. I was reading books uh, from the last. Uh... Three years before that, so it just came. Uh, it just came to me. I was uh, sitting in my office working, and I just thought that uh, why shouldn't I, you know, make a page and you know post something, quotes or books or something like that, pictures, random pictures. Not the note that I had a vision back then that I had to reach somewhere. So I just started it, and uh, I did not know anything about Canva, about content creation, about Bookstagram, about anything like that. So I just started it, and I was not active on that on this page for six months hmm,
0: after interesting.
2: that. Interesting,
1: because you come from an engineering background.
2: Yeah, I've done electronic oh. and communication engineering. Uh, I'm a 2014 pass out.
1: So, did the pandemic kind of lead to this to books bookstagram?
2: Yeah, the pandemic uh, because I lost my job in July 2020. The pandemic started okay. in March 2020 so for two months I was not doing much I was just uh, playing fooling around with canva and all and uh, so I just started let's just try experiment uh, it will be great for my canva skills as well I can post content I can make uh, certain things uh, here and there so I just started it like that and it just what? took off uh, for the first four months it was like nothing it was some thousand uh, around followers. And after that, it just took off. I don't know how.
1: What do you think it is about Canva that makes it so accessible for uh, for users?
2: Uh, actually, it's the simplicity. I mean, it's quite simple. Anybody can use it. I think uh, today's kids, like, 5-year-old, 10-year-old, ten, maybe, not 5-year-old, but 10-year-olds can use Canva. Like, they can be a pro at it if they use it for a month or two. Uh, They'll know every other feature of it, uh, how to, you know, add pictures, add videos, reduce the brightness, reduce the texture, whatever, and, you know, fool around with the colors, fool around with the templates and the design as well. So it's the simplicity of Canva, I think, is the major uh, thing that, you know, attracts people and makes it so accessible to the creators.
1: Now... So, so that led to, so that led to your, to your Instagram was Instagram first. I mean, cause you have like a, you kind of have a website as well and you also are on Goodreads and you're on LinkedIn is, is, is Instagram like the first one where you like really put that stuff out there?
2: Yeah. Instagram was the first thing that I started. And after that, I, uh, you know, used LinkedIn as well. And then I started uh, fooling around with Twitter also. Uh, I'm not much active on Twitter. I just post random stuff like whatever I feel like. If suppose I'm running or I'm walking, if if a certain thought hit me, I'll just write it on Twitter and uh, something like that. So it's not uh, got anything serious from my end yet, but I am, you know, considering that I will post more content on Twitter as well. Interesting. Now...
1: You said you've, you've said in post that you were inspired by the, the Nike story, um, Shoe Dog, that mm-hmm. inspired you to read? Did, did, that, did that get you into reading? I mean, because you said that like, uh, college is kind of where you started to like, develop mm-hmm. a love of books again. And you also said you love the cover. So to elaborate a little more on that.
2: Uh, actually, I'll just turn back a few notches. On, on also, uh, I'm I'm divorced right now. I'm uh, I was married when I was
1: twenty-three. Hmm. Interesting.
2: Okay. I was married to a Panamanian girl, a Latina. So it was a, a love marriage. I we were in love with each other, and then uh, it just broke off. I don't know how. Uh, so I was not in a good state of mind emotionally uh, physically or financially the three of them Mm. so for the first seven or eight months after the breakup I was not in my senses you can say I was not uh, happy I was not feeling myself so I just you know uh, I was looking for ways to escape right I was looking for ways to escape or, you know, learn a few things, you know, get started, uh, get the ball rolling. So, I don't know, I was just uh, sitting with my friend and uh, I just, uh, YouTube recommended a video to me of Nike, uh, this shoe dog, mm-hmm. because I used to watch a lot of sneaker videos on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. somehow, uh, YouTube suggested a video of the shoe dog book, uh, the summary of it. So, I just like the cover on YouTube. I just purchased it. I I was not expecting anything. I just purchased it with my friend's money. <laughs> I purchased it with my friend's money. I still yeah. remember it was 309 uh, INR here in India. Indian rupees 309. And I still have the receipt also of that of the invoice. is still there in the book, inside the book. Uh, I don't know if it's visible for you or not. But yeah, let's yeah, see. If-
1: Let's see. Let's see the book. Yeah, it, it's
2: it's rubbed off, but it's there. I mean, okay. You can't so, see what,
1: any. so what? So uh, what? shrak is doing right now is he's holding up the receipt for the book Shoe Dog, which I which I love yeah. the fact that you still have that. can can you hold up the book? Yeah. Do you have the book as well?
2: Can I can see it because. Uh, I'm in, in front of it, but you can't see it because you are, you know, on the other side of the screen. But it's still there. The amount yeah. is still there, and uh, everything is there. Uh, so,
0: so
1: you had a, so this was a physical book.
2: Yeah, it's a physical book. Cool. All
1: right, cool, cool. So, so go into so like, what is it about Shoe Dog that just like, like, was it the story? Was it the hardship he had to endure? I haven't actually read the book, but I kind of have an idea of what it's about.
2: (laughs) The first thing that I really liked about it, because I was not a reader when I started it, right? So it was a challenge for me to start reading it. The story, the storytelling was impeccable. It was out of the world. I just could not put it down. The first thing was that. The second thing was, it was candid. It was not like made up. Uh, Phil Knight was not, you know, featured as a superhero who has figured it all in, in the early age and is uh, going into the intercolonial venture, like he knows everything, everything is sorted. He was just a timid, uh, you know, person, scared, and everything was so raw, so natural about him that the way he portrayed it also in the book also, that he was nervous. Uh, to tell his dad about his crazy idea about a, a shoe company that he, he was trying to form and things like that like i was fascinated by nike already the sneaker brand how it got so huge and uh, one of the best brands uh, of sneakers in the world right now so you, related, thing, so, so you related
1: so you related to the fact
2: and my interest was also aligned with the sneaker thing So I liked the brand, I liked sneakers. So they both combined into a book. And when I needed them the most, when I needed the book the most, it just came to me. And uh, that is how I uh, found the name of my page. Books My Refuge, it's like a shelter. Books gave me shelter when I needed them, uh, when I needed it the most, when I needed a book. Because after that, I just hooked, uh, I got hooked to reading. I just uh, read one book after the other. So books kind of saved me uh, from my emotional uh, thing that was happening to me after my divorce. So they kind of sheltered me. There was a shelter of books around me. So that is how I, you know, came to the name of the page. Also, Books, My Refuge. It's like a shelter.
1: So so this um, this book... So you really related to the fact that, like, since he was he was not this financial, you know, czar or literate guy, he was this guy, just a, a average guy who had an idea and pushed mm-hmm. it through. And you yeah. saw, and he was honest about, you know, the mistakes he made and stuff. Uh, this, this doesn't really have anything to do with the point, but it's, you know, something that's interesting. Did they go into a lot about, did they talk about Michael Jordan and how his... When they got him that kind of, he, was, he wanted to be with Adidas. He didn't even want Nike, but Nike gave him the best deal. But I mean, look at that now. That was a, a smart deal. But, but it's interesting that you can see that, like, I, I see what you're saying. There's a lot of these, um, a lot of financial books or books talking about entrepreneurs. It feels like they've already figured it out. They already had everything figured out. Whereas here, it's just a regular guy and you can say, ha, ah, I can do that too. And yeah, I think that's kind of what it. you
0: liked. Exactly. Yeah. So
2: these are the, and after that, I read a bunch of books like Richard Dadford and uh, I was talking about earlier also about the Steve Jobs sto- uh, story, Walter Isaacson. And uh, after that, I read uh, about uh, a lot of things, like whatever interested me, I just picked it up and I read it. So it just kind of, the book had an emotional connect with me, the show dog, because it was the first book. And after that, I was hooked. Uh, and I'm still going strong. Uh, and uh, reading is the, you know, the best thing that I've inculcated in my life in the last five years. So. what
1: What, what is it? Because you mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that seems hmm. to be a thread line in every entrepreneur, every person that loves books, Especially nonfiction mm-hmm. books, rich dad, mm-hmm. poor dad, and I'm always fascinated. What is it about this book that just jumps out at you?
2: Look, uh, the first thing is uh, it teaches you a different perspective about money. Uh, you, I, I was under the impression that I was not aware about when I read it. I was not aware about passive income. I was not aware about you know. Uh, how money works when people say money attracts money I did not know how it how you know it works money attracts money I mean how but he explained it because I was not aware I was just uh, I mean I was 24 back then I was not uh, into the financial thing you know so he explained it to me about uh, you know paying yourself first and uh, instead of saving more, you need to earn more. You need to learn to increase your uh, income sources. And uh, you need to learn uh, risk management. If, if uh, one stream of income is coming from a risky as asset, then the second stream of income should come from a stable asset. So these are the things, there are a lot of things that are mentioned in the book. And uh, it, it is mentioned in the form of a story. It's not mentioned in the form of you have to do this, you have to do that. This is how it goes. It's not like that. There are two dads, one one kid had two dads, one rich and one poor. So it's a mindset. So poor dad was uh, telling him to get an education, uh, get to the college, get a a good uh, job, and then just work your ass off to uh, uh, up until you're 60 or 65, get retired and then spend the rest of your life. I don't know if life is left after that or not. So that was one mindset. And the second mindset was entrepreneurial mindset, where you save money, you invest it, you invest it into yourself or into a business, and you grow it exponentially. You don't grow it linearly, like in a job or a salary. You just grow it exponentially through investing in yourself or in a small business or something else, or into different uh, streams you are interested in real estate stocks whatever so these these were the things that were mentioned in the book so it was a game changer for me back then it's still a game changer for me here also but now i've read it in a lot of books uh, read this thing a lot, lot of books
1: see it's fascinating because i've interviewed people from all from all different countries and they all we all say like the same thing it's fascinating. Rich people that read Rich Dad Poor Dad, they almost say the same thing and it's it's fascinating that that this book connects all the way around the world.
0: Yeah. It's not
1: just America, it's England, it's Germany, it's India. I I I don't know. I think that says something about the book that it that it has and I just it, it seems to be the book that everybody reads and goes, I never knew it was like this, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, so, so it's kind of cool. I feel like it's a book that brings us all together, especially yeah. as nonfiction book readers or people that want to just entrepreneurs, people with dreams, people that just want to continue to move forward. Rich dad, poor dad seems to be the one that like, it's like it connects all of us. So mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm always fascinated by that. Another book that I, that I love that you have on here that I don't get to, I don't hear it enough is The Magic of Thinking Big by David J. Sports. I think that that's one of the first books that I read probably after Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I may have read it before, but um, I don't think it gets enough of a mention. And uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story here. The first time I learned of this book, I was reading an interview in GQ, I think it was GQ or was details, with um, the actor Terry Crews. And he talked about that book. And I said, he, he talked about audio books. And I was like, well, I'm going to read this book. Mm-hmm. I, I, and i like it it's a very good mindset book i, th- I think it's a nice uh, companion to uh rich dad poor dad what what do you what do you think about um the magic of thinking big uh
2: the magic of thinking big when i read it uh, it was uh, i think my fourth or fifth book when i read it uh it was after the one book after the rich dad poor dad so i really like what i liked about it was uh, I still remember it and I still do it. The positive events, you have to draw draw your thoughts from the positive memory. Suppose uh, you have a task here right now. If you delay it, right? If you say, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it after two hours, right? So that thought, that pattern, that behavior is stored in your memory bank, right? So the next time you do it, You'll remember, okay, I procrastinated it the last time also. I'll procrastinate it right now as well. What's the big deal about it, right? So I don't know why you're procrastinating it. Maybe it's some kind of fear, you uh, fear of failing or fear of embarrassment or fear of anything else, right? So you'll draw that thought when you again confronted with a similar or a more difficult task, right? But if you change the pattern, if you say that, no, tomorrow is not the day, after two hours is not the time, I'll do it here right now. So the next time if a task comes, you'll draw this memory from your memory bank because last time I did it and I'm still alive. I'm still alive and I feel more confident in doing this task because last time I did it, and nothing happened, nothing happens. If I talk like this, I was uh, shy of the camera when I started the channel. I do 10 lives in a in a row, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Uh, whenever some, someone comes to me and say, uh, I want to do a live with you, I said yes. Because I wanted to get out of that fear of camera. Like I don't want to be in the zone that I'm shy of camera. Uh, so the second time i said yes i felt more confident the third time more confident fourth more so it's an exponential growth this is the thing that i that is mentioned in the first few pages of that book first few pages mm-hmm. the summary of it i'm just telling you right now so this is, this is what uh, my um, you know interpretation of it or learnings from that book the fear you have to let go of the fear through action that is the main takeaway from the book
1: Mm, okay interesting yeah about um let's talk about uh another book Mm -hmm. let's talk about another book um that i was really impressed with uh five second rule by uh, mel robbins um that's a book that i read uh, a couple years ago and I think it's I think it's very applicable to, to now because it's really about you know taking that first step you know if you can give yourself five seconds and just do it in that five seconds you're doing what is it about the, the five second rule by Mel Robbins that you liked
2: I'll tell you I'll tell you uh, I just started working out last year in September right so after, after the first two months, I was finding it difficult to, you know, sustain it, uh, to continue it. Because it's a pain, right? Uh, workout is a pain. But after that, you get the good feelings of it, like the everything going on. So, the when I read this book, I was like, I can use that in my workouts. So, mm. I just numb yeah. my mind. Never, because every day I feel like, uh, let's not do it today. Let's not do it today. But, when I, when I first read that book, I was like, feelings are not going to be a part of my uh, decision-making. So I'll just five, four, three, two, one and go. And just, I start doing the push-ups. after the mm-hmm. first set, second set. And it's like, uh, the body is all heated up and you are ready to go. You, you are not going to mm-hmm. say like, okay, I'll, I'm done for the day. You'll finish your workout after that. So those first five seconds the first five seconds is the crucial point where the mind is making a lot of excuses. No, let's not do it. Uh, okay. I'll do it tomorrow or it's a pain or things like that. It, it happens in a lot of things as mentioned in the book also.
0: Interesting. The, the so, you're, so you were
2: using it. So, so you were using
1: it as, as a fuel to get you, to get you started. Which just because you, I think you realize that like if you just did like you know, just started with pushups, you'd yeah. keep going. It's just yeah. it's that getting started thing. So yeah. that's kind of what you're saying.
2: And this is the activation energy that Mel Robin talked about in a chemical reaction because it's the initial energy. The it's required it's the maximum amount of energy required in a chemical reaction. The activation energy to activate to start the reaction. And then the, all, all the energy after that is less than the uh, activation energy. So the first initial step is the most crucial step. And it's the hardest step to take in anything. You can it, it can be anything. It can be in building a website. It can be building a page, YouTube channel, working out or any yeah. endeavor of your life. The first step is always the hardest. So just let's just skip the first step like 5, two, five, five four, three, two, 1, and just start doing it just start now doing when it.
1: when you do the five four three two one do you do you like to do it slow or do you do it fast how how do you how are you counting in your head I'm just curious
2: i'm just, i'm I'm counting like this five four three, two, one, and I just get down
0: just go interesting yeah cool,
2: just like that. I'm doing I, it. I, and I'm, I'm consistent uh, from September 15. Uh, now it's May 18th. I'm quite consistent in my workouts. So I've been doing it for five times a week and uh, I haven't felt better. My body haven't felt better ever since from the last, since the day I have born, I think. I feel good. I have my energy up and uh, I have everything going good in my body right now.
1: So that's great that you've been using it as like as propulsion or as rocket fuel to just get you the do to do it. Yeah. That's great. That's that's kind of one of the things I took from the book. I, I've given it to some people and I was like, look, use these techniques. These are some good techniques. Some have, some yeah. haven't. But I think it's very important, you know, like if you're having a hard time, just five, four, three, two, one.
2: Start. Oh start. That is your thing, right? So you use it like you know, that. just to, you know
1: you could you could do it like that you could count in your okay. head i mean there's many different ways but just mm-hmm. you know start yes. even if it's even if it's not quality just if you can get into a habit which is kind of what mm-hmm. she's teaching you is the beginnings okay. of a habit
2: and this uh, and the third thing that i really liked about uh, the book is uh, it talked about you'll never feel like it You'll never feel like waking up doing the running. You'll never feel like doing the first step because a lot of times they're like, I'm not motivated. I don't feel like running. I don't feel like working out. I don't feel like doing this, uh, uh, you know, uh, blog or something like I, I don't feel like doing a podcast with Chirag right now. I'll do it tomorrow. Things like that. So you'll never feel like to do anything in your life. You just have to numb your brain who is making excuses and just do it.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. It's it's about, yeah, not they just just do it as as they would say in Nike. Just do it. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the other thing that I was fascinated with when I was doing my research is you had the top seven books for school students and you listed. Mm-hmm factfulness is number one why yeah. factfulness is number one
2: uh there's a reason for that uh, when i read factfulness it broke uh, a lot of myths that i was uh, i conceived during my years the first myth being that the world is a bad place and uh, everything is going worse pollution uh, global warming you know rapes and all of the things uh, you know lot of pandemic before i read it before the pandemic uh, actually
1: so there's a lot of like you know the glass is half full the glass is half empty uh, type of idea.
2: pessimist back then kind of a pessimist uh yeah. so there's a there are 10 questions at the starting of that you know book the author asked 10 questions about the world and you have to answer it and the right uh, right answers are given on the next page so you just have to guess uh, you just have to guess that how many of the questions you have got it right about the world yeah it uh, the questions was like how many girls uh, were educated uh, i mean if girls are more educated right now or they were more educated before 1980s things like that these kind of questions so i just tick marked it and i checked my score i scored i guess 4 out of 10 and hmm. they told me that a chimpanzee would have uh, you know had a better score than you a chimpanzee would just guessed it so we're not good at guessing we don't know anything about the world we just assume that we know a lot of things but we don't know nothing it's just not about us even the leaders, even the world leaders, were asked the same questions, and they still scored, uh, you know, a bad score than the chimpanzees, who knows nothing about the world like us. But we are in a delusion that we know a lot of things. We have all figured out. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. So we have a lot of assumption. It broke my complete entire assumption system, belief system. If you. If you can tell, if I can tell you, the second thing I liked. So I wanted students, I wanted people of my age or younger than me to read that book, right? Mm. So that they approach life with a more optimistic point of view, optimistic mindset. The world is not a bad place; it's improving, right? It it's a game changer, right? And the uh, second thing I liked about that book, uh it talks about a lot of instinct. We have a negative instinct about uh, like we are more attracted to negative things. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So if anything negative is happening, if a YouTube thumbnail is negative, we are more likely to click on that thumbnail rather than a positive one. Right.
1: And, and I'll add to that, you know, you're right. We are We are more likely to... Click on the on the YouTube con- or get upset about that, as opposed to, which which you're where I, I say the best thing is, is self-control, looking at it from both points of views. Like, well, maybe this person's having a bad day. It's like when you when somebody cuts you off in traffic or something or cuts you off in line, you you automatically go, oh, he's he's deliberately trying to attack me instead of realizing that maybe on his side, maybe he's just resting late to work. Maybe he's got a pregnant wife in the, in the car and he's got to get there. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is life or death. We always see it through our, like, like he's personally attacking me instead of realizing that maybe he's going through something. Maybe it's just an accident, you know, we but we always kind of, we're always kind of like taught to like, look at it. Like, Oh man, he's ruining my day. Instead of realizing it's like, no, he's just, it's just happenstance. It's really not, you know, it's it's not hurting, but but yeah, so you bring up a very good point. It it I'll also add to that that beginning with the, the questions is um it's very yeah, we think that we know everything that's going on in the world, but we really don't because one, we're seeing everything through our eyes. You know, that's the one thing you know we can't do. So I I, I look at um what's the then the guru who's who said, you know the best thing with an opinion is to have it be open not have a stated mm-hmm. opinion because if you're open to things then you'll be open to other sides mm-hmm. and other sides of thinking yeah. yeah so i just wanted to add to that so so i didn't know that that's what that book is about so the book
2: yeah really shifted back. your whole thought back. so uh, it was the negative a lot of instincts were there 10 of them actually and uh, one of them being negative instinct so the negative news has six times more chances of getting viral than a positive news yeah right a yeah. negative tweet, you can say has six times more virality factor than a positive tweet right so if if i'm saying that uh, you know gradual growth is not news right if yeah. something has if something has improved in the last ten years, that's not news. If that one event is wrong, then that is news. So the yeah. media is using it against us. That you know they are. Uh, if you watch a you know news channel carefully, everything is negative about the world on, on a news channel. Everything yeah. everything bad is happening. Rapes are happening everywhere. Global warming. Uh, you know, childs are getting molested, everything is bad about it, about the world. So we watch the news and we, you know, insert ourselves in a mindset that, okay, the world is a bad place. It's a scary place. Everything is going bad. Now, suppose, uh, you know, half of the world uh, population watches this kind of news, consumes this kind of content. How will they react in real life? They'll react in a much more negative way. Uh, They're not open to opinions. They're not open to growth. They're not open to changing their beliefs. So that is a game changer. If If you can shift this mindset at an early age, at a student's age, you can teach an entire generation that this is not how it goes. So that is why I've included that book in that list.
1: Interesting. That was that was great. That was fantastic. Yeah. One thing that you that you opened that I didn't realize um, is it sounds like your news is kind of going through the same cycle that is going here in the United States, where everything is negative. So that's kind of interesting. That we we try to think that like oh, in the other world, it's completely different. But I feel like from what you're telling me, a lot of things are similar, that we're, we're all being just pushed with this negative news. And then they put a little bit of positive news at the at the end of the broadcast, which you know kind of joke. So I like what you're saying, that factfulness is something that can change that, um, shift us into mm-hmm. a thing because it's at a young age. And then we'll start having people who'll start looking at the news and be like, maybe if we start producing more positive news you know we wouldn't you know it doesn't always have to be negative it's like we're kind of almost brainwashed in some ways to think negative and to go into that thing that's interesting though that that's why you picked it and i i think that's really good i never would have thought of that that's That's why you picked
2: that i haven't watched news for the for the last two three and a half years i guess i don't watch news after I've read Factfulness. I don't watch it. Yeah. I, I don't want to consume that kind of media. I can't change the new channels. I can't change the, uh, you know, the last four uh, TRPs and uh, people's attention. I can't change that. But I can change my, the remote is in my hands. I can change whatever I want. I don't watch the news.
1: Yeah, so you make- can control you no. and your thoughts. That's the one thing I don't think people realize is like a lot of people go, well, it's the news as far as like, no, you at the end of the day are controlling what's going in. You can change the channel. You can stop. You control what you think and you can control what you watch. That's the little, that's the control you do have. And I, a lot of people think that like we have no control. It's like, no, you have control over you. You don't have control over the other things, but you can control you. And in some yeah. ways, that's enough. This, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, we've become a society now
0: of blaming.
2: Yourself, you know. the world, right? If you are, if you are change the world, is change around yours. Uh, all about the perspective, I guess.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, uh, switching gears a little bit, I, I wanted to get a little bit more into you. So, how long do you like to read?
2: How long? Uh, okay, yeah, uh, I like. In the morning, uh, around 30 to 40 minutes, I guess. Some, If I'm not able to read in the morning, I'll read in the afternoon or in the evening. So there is no uh, proper time that I sit and read, right? Whenever I get the time, whenever I'm uh, done with my day or done with my work, I just start reading or I start reading prior to my work sometimes as well. And sometimes I don't read at all as well right I'm not like uh, I have to read I have to read it's a chore I have to do it when I feel like it I just pick up a book sometimes I read 10 pages sometimes I read 50 pages sometimes I read 100 pages and sometimes I read zero so there's no Hmm. schedule to it although initially I had it Uh, now I I know that I'm I'm a reader from my heart because I love books I love uh, you know after five years of reading, I can say that I can, I am not in, I'm not going to, you know, leave books or not read it at all. My habit will be, uh, you know, disconnected from my life. But initially I used to read proper one hour when I used to go to my office and back when I uh, come back from my office, I used to read for one hour because the commute was for one hour, For so two hours two hours of reading for one and a half year. And that, uh, you know, inculcated the habit of reading in me. So if you are a new reader, uh, you can just start with a few pages, a chapter maybe. Uh, you can start with a chapter a day. If the chapter is really long, you can just start with 10 to 5 pages a day so that you don't feel like it's a chore, it's a thing that I have to do. You don't feel a resistance to reading. If you follow it smoothly, there's a, uh, I would say, scientific fact also about this. The amygdala in our brains mm. creates a resistance. It's like, uh, it's a fight or flight. Uh, I'm saying it wrong, I guess. There's something else I'm... Yeah, the fight, or, or, the
1: fight or flight system is, is something that...
2: Uh, this is from the amygdala, but yeah, the brain creates the resistance. If if you're saying that I will read 100 pages a day at the start of your reading journey, the brain will create a lot of resistance for you. Right, You will yeah. not be able to finish the 100 pages. But if you will trick your brain, if you'll say to your brain, I'll just read five, okay? If you like the first five, you can read the other five. If you like the uh, next five, you can read the other five. But don't yeah. pressurize or stress yourself into saying that I will, re- I will finish 100 pages no matter how. Just start with five. Start small and build gradually. That's uh, good advice. So,
1: so it kind of feeds into uh, the Mel Robbins thing of just start. Yeah. Just start, you can... You can you know, one thing I want to ask, do you use a tracking
2: advice for, for reading? Uh, lately, I've been using this uh, time blocking thing, right? So I just set a timer in my uh, cell phone and uh, for 60 minutes or whatever. So it's just, uh, I read it for 60 minutes. So it's kind of a discipline that you don't have to check the notification. You don't have to check your laptop. You don't have to check anything. It's a distraction-free environment and you just have to read for 60 minutes. Sometimes I do that as well.
1: Do Do you um? One thing I've noticed: do, do you like to do? What do you think of speed reading?
2: I don't think it's a good idea because, uh, first of all, you have to absorb what you read. You you don't have to you know boast about it in a party that I've read uh, ten books in a month. What is the point of speed reading? Uh, just finish the number of books in a certain month or a week and just boast about it that I read a lot of books and I did that, did, uh, did this. The, I think, I personally think, the point of reading non-fiction books is to, uh, you know, take your life from point A to point B. If books are not able to do that for you, either you're speed reading, either you're slow reading, it's accomplishing nothing. Right. Mm. If you were at point A when you started reading, right, and after one year of reading, you are not at point B, incrementally, right. So the purpose of reading is not there. It's, it's not accomplished yet. I would say you can either read or you can absorb what you read. But if your life is there, still there, stagnant. There's no point of reading because you're not, clearly you're not applying what you're
1: reading. Yeah, Now, now, See, I would add to that. I see what you're saying, like it, it becoming a means goal where you're just, you know, trying to get to the top and, you know, get this, how many, however many books you've set there. I've heard, I've heard good things about him. I've heard bad things. Well, that not necessarily bad things. I've heard, you know, um, some people that agree with um, speed reading and some people that disagree with speed reading. One of the, the the points I've heard on speed reading is that say you're driving in your car, if you're going 45 miles an hour, you're going to, you know, kind of, you know, look around. It's going to get boring. I'll play around with the radio. I'll do this and that. If you're going 75, 80, hundred miles an hour, your focus is going to be very much on the because it's very, you know, one you're in a car, so, you know, you could die. So there's the risk of, the risk of failure is you know, very thin, but mm-hmm. you're very focused. You're not going to be fiddling with the radio because you're going to be so focused on on being there. So that's one of the things that he has, that I've heard from people that said like, mm-hmm. is that it will, reading slower doesn't necessarily mean you're going to concentrate more. You may concentrate even more with it. I think it goes twofold. My problem with speed reading is I'm not seeing enough I'm seeing people that can teach it in the beginning but i'm not seeing enough of it being taught in um, in a to keep it going like i did speedrunning for one then it kind of dropped off and then i came back to it uh this is a fascinating book uh if you can okay. get your hands on it speed reading by tony buzan um okay. he really puts a lot of interesting perspectives like look he, he realizes that the eye Will pick up things a lot faster than you actually think. So, if we're looking at like this two lines, you would go straight to the other line and almost trust that you're I that you have actually seen it. So, there's Mm -hmm. two schools of thought, you know. I mean, I I see the benefits of both. Mm This, you know, you can do that. My problem with speed reading is probably the term speed reading, it sounds like it sounds.
2: It it doesn't, I don't,
1: I don't think it means what it, what it's supposed Mm -hmm. to mean. It it sounds like, you know, you're just racing through the book. So I think part of the thing is we got to figure out a different term for that. But anyways, I'm, you know, I like to ask people that because I'm hearing different schools of thought from all mm-hmm. over you know some people are completely against it some people are for it some people are here some people in the middle mm-hmm. I think there's something that we can learn from it the thing that I like about it is the option the option to do it so if you choose to slow rate we could do that choose to I'm not finding enough of a way to, to to learn it in a way that stays with you I, I feel like I feel like it's so much work to do to learn, and then it doesn't stay unless you keep up that level of work. So I've seen apps that have looked at it, but it's not really done enough. So, so, that's, so that's kind of my thought process. And I see, I see what you're saying and, and everything. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about is um, the uh, what, what do you think about e-readers, Kindles, things like that? How do you feel about that?
2: i did a lot of ebook reading yeah i ha- i did not have yeah. this i don't have a device i'll tell you why because uh, when i started reading when i uh, when i used to come back from work right i was in a bus and uh, it was around 7:30 in the night right so the light in the bus was not that great mm. In the bus was not that great so i used uh, i used phones during that time of the commute to read right wow. i used to finish books uh, when i used to come back and i used to read physical books when i used to go to my office so that is how i you know and int- i was introduced to these format of books uh, so when i started reading them a lot of i just i was not comfortable with reading on a device i just i wanted my device to be in my pocket silent without the notifications I just was more distracted towards uh, when I was reading ebooks or I haven't tried Kindle yet. But His, here's what I would thing, add. The, the screen thing doesn't work for me. That is what I'm saying. Here's what I would add to that. The thing I like about the Kindle
1: is you can't do anything else with it. You can't, yeah, yeah, no. you can't text. You can't do so. Like when I, I, I get your point, like when you're on a phone, yeah, a, a notification email Mm -hmm. this youtube video this and that can't do any of that all you can do is read on here so it's designed specifically for reading that's one of the things i like about it. the other thing i like about it is that i can actually if i travel i don't know if you're if you're like me and you bring the wrong book with you you're like oh no what am i gonna do and i'm stuck with the wrong you know like i didn't want to bring this book you know And you're on a plane ride. So I like that the idea is like, okay, I can just, you know, pick the thing. So I think it's really good for travel. But what I like about the Kindle is it separates all that other stuff. You can't can't surf on the internet, you can't do anything. So in some ways it gives you the same signal as a book. We're talking atomic habits of like that, you know, that um, notification that's like, okay, it's time to read now, which you get with a book. Whereas, yeah, when you pick up a phone or whatever, it's very easy to get distracted. I have no idea how you read with a phone. <laughs> I can't, I, I barely can read even a
0: script read, with a phone.
2: Read book of, uh, the, the biggest book that I've read in the ebook format, it was uh, yeah. 500 pages. Uh-huh. It was, uh, it was called Death from Deathlessness by Osho. It's a spiritual book. Uh, wow. uh, it was around uh, 30K, 30K rupees. In Indian rupees, the yeah. price, the it was quite costly. It was like um, you can say three hundred dollars, 300 dollars. 300, uh, $300 USD was the price of that book. so oh, oh
1: to it get you get it physical is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, physically. Yeah. So I just thought that I download it and I just right. read it. Uh, let's just see what's in it in a three uh, three hundred dollars book so i just read it it was so fascinating it it was it literally blew my mind at that time and i you know took screen various screenshots and i outlined certain paragraphs certain codes and things like that so that was the book that was the last book that i read i think on the be, uh, the biggest book that i've read on kindle or the ebook format
1: yeah interesting Inter- i mean yeah there's no reason to buy a 300 dollar book unless you're a collector of like special (laughs) books
2: if you just want to read
1: yeah yeah. if you just want to read the material
2: yeah you shouldn't
1: have to pay 300 dollars just to read something so (laughs) i said so there you go that's another thing yeah the ebooks it can be cheaper it opens the the door but yeah Mm. it's it's just like anything else it's it's there's pluses and minuses to uh everything so one of the things I, one of the last things I want to ask you about is give me, I want to give you, give me a top five favorite books, but not specifically, what would you say are your top favorite books that people need to read that they don't know they need to read? Okay. Uh, yeah.
2: The first book I would say is The Almanac of Novel Ravi Kant. It is the first book that I would recommend to people. It's not, hmm advertised or marketed enough on bookstagram or instagram i would say uh, right. it has a lot of good things it talks about happiness it talks about wealth it's, uh, it talk about uh, it talks about purpose and a lo- lot of other things it's just filled with truth bombs i would say every other line you'll read and you'll like okay you'll you'll stare at the walls and you'll like mm, what did i just read? Uh, I haven't thought of that before. Every other line, every other paragraph is like that. So it's a uh, really great. Uh, I would recommend it to a lot of people. To everybody, I would guess. I would say. The second thing I would say, uh, a lot of people are aware of it, the four agreements. Right? It's a great book. Done.
0: So uh,
2: when I read it, uh, when I read the agreement about not taking things personally and all of the things that people are doing are not because of you is because of themselves. It was like, really, how did that come? And when that truth, you know, sink in, you, you feel lighter, you, you start to feel like it's not okay to take, take everything personally, right. It's a game changer for your peace of mind.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: Right. Yeah. And the third that I would recommend is the Daily Stoic. It's by Ryan Holiday. It's on the uh, Stoicism Philosophy. Uh, It's 365 chapters for 365 days, one page for every day, every day of the year. You can read it for an entire year or you can read it as as you want. The pages are short. The lessons are short, uh, quite impactful, and you just... You just have to read it before you work to for the extra motivation for the extra you know it ins, it just inspires you inside out every day because it is it is designed that way. Hmm. I've been reading it for around one and a half year every day one page
1: interesting interesting yeah. that's that's that those are good books um
2: the fourth yeah. book i would say. Uh, I have recently finished this book I would say I would recommend it The Courage to be disliked.
1: Hmm. Is that is that Ryan Holiday as well?
2: No, it's, uh, it's name no, that, I, I don't know the name of the author because it's it's difficult to pronounce the name I guess The Courage to be and Ichiro Kimimi Kishimi the courage to be disliked uh, this is the book if you have to search it this yeah i've seen yeah, i've seen that book so yeah. that's really good yeah it's it's a, uh, it talks about a lot of things like uh, suppose everything that you do is to achieve a goal basically it's saying that if you are if you are in anger if you talk uh, talk with someone with an angry mood angry mode you that thing that person is just a medium your anger is just a medium to communicate Uh, It's to achieve a goal you are going to get angry at some point or the other right but you you do it for certain reasons it's a deep concept i just can't explain it in a few minutes it's a really deep book so I would recommend it to people, not all of them, not early readers, because they, they won't be able to understand it, quite frankly. But it's a great book. It, it shatters a lot of beliefs, and it has shattered a lot of beliefs that I held. So this is what I like about books, because whenever I feel comfortable with my beliefs, this is how the thing goes, this is how the world works. And a book comes up, and I'm like, really? and all of my beliefs some of, or some of my beliefs are broken and that is the part that i like about reading the most
1: yeah it, shifts your, your, it,
2: it, yeah, shifts, it shifts your it shifts it shifts your beliefs yeah you form better beliefs you form uh, better relationships you form you become a better individual by forming better beliefs so these are the, these are all the things that are you know included in and the, the f- yeah.
1: and then the fifth so, book
2: oh fifth book I would say there are a lot of books right a lot of yeah. great books but if, if I'm quite literally blank right now because a lot of books are there right huh, I would say atomic habits I would say because uh, compound effect I forgot the a lot of yeah. books, you know? Yeah, Compound those are good. Atomic Habits, uh, Atomic Habits is there. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck is there. So these are the three uh, more books I'd like to add, I, if it's included in the five or eight, I would say. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, um, so I always ask everybody this. How, what is your beginning of the day routine?
2: I wake up, uh, one second. Yeah. I uh, wake up at around 8, 8.30. I am not an early riser. I don't wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I would be quite, (laughs) you know, uh, Yeah, I I agree.
1: I, I just want to add one, one thing that, yeah, because you brought up, you know, you were kind of alluding to the 5 a.m. club type thing. I, I feel like, yeah, it becomes religion. It's like, it's not about what time you wake up. It's what you do at that time. And what the 5 a.m. club book is trying to teach you is that get your day started ahead of things. You know, it, it doesn't matter what time you wake up. It works for a lot of people at 5 a.m. because nobody's up at that time. So they can they can get a head start on they thing, but it doesn't matter what time you get up. You know, it it matters what you do with that time. So yeah. just want to throw that out there because you brought up you brought up that, and I was like, yeah, there. This seems to be this thing like that people yeah. who are early risers are like better said, than so other. So and like, and it's like more. I don't I don't think so. I think it's the work that you put in. I see what you're saying. You're getting ahead of the game, but you know, 5 a.m. might not work for you. Sleep time, you know, with your biological clock.
2: 8.30 works for me, so I'm doing it. And uh, sometimes I wake up early also, 6.30 also. If I'm, uh, now it's summer here, uh, so I'll probably get started with running uh, in a couple of days. So I'll uh, start early. I'll wake up at 6, 6.30 and I'll just go for a jog and come back and do my workout and start my day like that. But right now, I would say I wake up at uh, around 8.30. I do my workout. After uh, around, I drink a glass of water and do my workout for around 40 minutes. And after that, I take my bath and come back, uh, you know, turn on my uh, laptop, do some work. And then uh, if I get uh, some chance of free time, I just start reading a few pages here and there, a chapter or two. And after that, I just work some more. I take a nap of about 30-ish minutes in the afternoon. Uh, So I- So you're following
1: the, um, so so, so it's kind of like what Napoleon Hill and Edison have talked about, the nap. But sometimes you wake up from like a 30 minute nap, you feel even more energized (laughs) to do- regular
2: thing i would say it's not a regular that i have to take it no matter what but sometimes uh, it happens just organically happens 30 minutes and after that i work i you know in between these things i take my meals <laughs> i forgot that <laughs> in the break at <laughs> the break the lunch and things like that the tea everything uh in the evening i read i there's nothing else I have to do so I just read right I read uh, uh, around one if the if I'm following a routine I would say I would read one and a half hour 90 minutes I would say I would read and after that I you know take a walk talk with my friends or things like that and after that I uh, do the content creation part after you know the after I come back from my walk Because a lot of ideas are floating around when I walk. And I record them in my voice note. Uh, When I'm walking, uh, I record them or write them in my WhatsApp folder. Uh, I message myself these ideas if I get them. So I just uh, sit there, do some content creation part. And then I eat my dinner and I go to sleep Uh, I would say my screen time is not ideal. Uh, It has to be lower, but I'm trying to control it. I'm trying to consume better things during my screen time. Mm. Right? Uh, I used to scroll a lot of Instagram, social media, and I wasted a lot of time in that, but I got a grip of it uh, slowly. Yeah. And, but now I use my uh, screen time effectively. I watch podcasts. I watch some good videos, good content, and then I go to sleep.
1: So inter- so interesting. So yeah, you basically answered my second question. The nighttime routine <laughs> is is basically reading. So that's cool. Is there anything else you do at nighttime to wind down, or is just um.
2: Uh, Sometimes if I'm reading a good fiction book, no, if I've started a read, uh, started reading some good fiction, uh, suppose uh, right now I'm reading The Forest of Enchantments. It's from an Indian author. So after this podcast, no, I'll probably read a few pages of that and I'll just leave. Cool. So last question.
1: Wait, no, no, finish, finish your point. Finish your point.
2: Uh, a good fiction to wind up my day, to slow things down. If it's a thriller, then it's best because thrillers are like, they'll keep you awake at night uh, mm-hmm. for one or two hours. It's like you need the answers what what will going to happen in the end pages. So these are the things that I like uh, doing in at, after the evening, I would say in the evening or after the evening.
1: So uh, last question. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about it, but so what films or television do you like? What uh,
2: exactly? What Hollywood.
1: what films or television do you like?
2: Uh, I like. Uh, recently, I watched uh, the Batman movie, and I like Hollywood, Bollywood, and I. Oh, really? I like to, yeah, I like. You saw the, the Bat- you saw the
1: Batman. You yeah. saw the Batman. What did but you think of the Batman? Leave.
2: It was really good. It was a realistic movie, I would say. It was not a happy ending. It was not like everything is uh, lovey-dovey at the end and everything is gone quiet. The, vinyl, uh, the villain is uh, killed by the hero and uh, world is a good place now. So it was different. It was a realistic film that, yes, we have, uh, you know, present him in jail, but he is still there. He is still... Uh, planning something and the city is full of shit and we have to repair it and the world will not be a better place after that but people we will we'll keep trying to make it a better place so that was the message i think i've got from that film and the action was amazing also so i enjoyed it it's a long movie uh, not um, used to it's a three-hour movie
1: yeah yeah, it was. But I feel like in order to tell that story, you kind of needed three mm-hmm. hours. You had so many characters Batman in there.
2: Batman movie is like that long. The Dark Knight Rises was uh, around this timing also. How do and, how
1: do you uh, feel how, how do you feel about um, the new Batman as opposed to Christian Bale or Michael Keaton?
2: I honestly I like Christian Bale more. I don't know why. I just. <laughs> i just i don't know about his bar tone or his the way he acts or probably because of the uh, villain of the previous movies the joker and the other guy that i yeah. don't remember the name of. yeah the dark knight rises is the other villain pain
1: the villain.
0: pain pain Bain,
2: yeah Bain. so overall i like the combination of christian bale with them and not this, I, it was not ideal for me, but the storyline was quite good, so mm. I liked it. But not, so Christian Bale is my favorite and then the Robert Patterson, I
1: would say. Interesting, cool, cool, that's, that's awesome. Um, what, um, yeah, what, what else are you watching? Anything else?
2: Anything else? Uh, I watched the web series also, Indian and the Hollywood. And if you'll ask my favorite, I'll say Game of Thrones, except the uh, last season. <laughs>
1: yes. And, uh, yes. I think we all feel that way. <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. All right. Well, sir, this was, this was great. Thank you so much. I, I, yeah, I appreciate you. you doing this. Um, how can people reach you?
2: Uh, people can reach me on Instagram at uh, booksmyrefuge. And uh, on Twitter also at Books My Refuge, and uh, I've been uh, working on a blog lately, so probably there also after some months.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this, and uh, thank
2: yeah, you thank you.
0: Okay, that about does it for this interview. I want to thank Books My Refuge, uh, Chirac. Um, if you need to find him, you can DM him for uh, paid book promotions on Instagram at Books My Refuge. Um, once again, thank you. I'm sorry about the audio problems. And I will, well, as always, you can find me at Justin Yance. And I will see you next time on the DMF.